Hello and welcome to Voices Radio. I'm your host, Matt Skillen, and we are so glad that you've joined us for this special episode of Voices Radio. In this episode, we're going to hear a reading of a featured article by Pablo Cartaya. And I'm going to let him get going here on that in just a moment, but I want to make a production note that while recording this episode, we used Zoom, which is a rather familiar platform for many of us listening to this podcast, but recording in Zoom does come with its limitations. So you might hear some abnormalities in the audio. For that, I truly apologize, but I hope the message that you hear in Pablo's article is meaningful to you. I really enjoyed uh, listening to Pablo deliver this article. We had a great conversation before and after the recording. I think you will find this is the right kind of thing to hear as we close up one school year and begin to start another. So here we are, Pablo Cartaya. Flexibility in design, what yoga taught me about writing and learning. I'm Pablo Cartaya, the author and speaker of this piece. I remember taking Yoga 101 in college because, well, to be perfectly honest, I needed one credit hour to graduate before my final semester, and this class seemed like an easy A. I took the course, which began promptly at 7 a.m. on Mondays with the anticipation that it would be one of the easiest classes I would take in college. It turned out to be one of the most challenging classes I had ever taken, and I took business calculus. The reasons had less to do with my ability to get to class on time and more about the poses we practiced every week. These moves, or asanas, needed, well, practice. To this end, I wasn't a very good student. Not at first, anyway. In the beginning of the semester, I didn't do the homework assignments my yoga instructor gave us. I mean, why in the world did I have to do yoga homework? I was busy writing a paper in response to Prufrock's thoughts on mortality and had no time worrying myself about the proper way to rise into Adumu Kashavasana. I did the bare minimum in that yoga class. So when my teacher introduced a new pose, my body would not respond. A prayer twist was always a chore that felt like my shoulder blade was going to rip out of my socket. And let's not get started on Cobra, which made my neck hurt every single time I pulled my head back. If yoga was supposed to make me more flexible, I was failing. I'll never forget what my instructor told me at the conclusion of the semester. I remember her saying, your body responds to move into poses when it prepares and teaches itself to reach those asanas. I told her I wanted to be better. And she told me, then you need to practice. So I did. I took another yoga class for my final semester. And then I took classes once I graduated college. I've now practiced yoga on and off for over 15 years. Every time I get into my asana, I think about how each pose is a way to get better. My daughter and I occasionally go to yoga practice together. The other day, she complimented me after seeing me twist into a standing split. She said, Papa, you're really flexible. Nice job. First, Let me just say that when my 15-year-old daughter complimented me, I felt like I had just won an Oscar. Second, it made me think of something. 
From that first college yoga class to now, I have come to realize that flexibility is built by spending many hours in uncomfortable poses, breathing and giving gratitude until at last you find your center. This thinking has also applied to my writing and how I teach writing. To be flexible means to put yourself in unfamiliar, uncomfortable poses and practicing until they become pliable and more connected. Flexibility forces us outside of functional fixedness. We sometimes allow our brains to stick with rigid formats when it comes to teaching, writing, or any other type of endeavor that requires rules and measurable goals to achieve. Rigidity can hinder innovation and creativity, and I certainly don't want that in my line of work. Understanding flexibility allows me to listen to suggestions an editor might have about a story. I'll give you an example. When I first wrote the draft of my novel, Marcus Vega Doesn't Speak Spanish, I originally planned to write four books all centered around the same community of Canal Grove, where my first novel, The Epic Fail of Arturo Zamora, was set. Like Faulkner's Yoke. Now, Patofa County, my stories were going to be centered on this mythical community inspired by my own beloved Miami. I had the four books mapped out in precise detail. My editor knew this when she bought my story. I had given her descriptions of all the characters, places, and people in Canal Grove, and each book was going to follow a different character's experience with that community. Then one fateful editorial letter came and everything changed. My editor suggested I move the setting to a place that perhaps wasn't a typical Latinx enclave like Miami to show that the Latinx experience isn't a monolithic one. We can be in communities across the country from small towns to big cities. This was a massive editorial suggestion. How in the world was I going to change the entire setting of a novel? That was basically asking me to rewrite the motivations, attitudes, clothing of every significant character in the entire novel. If Marcus was wearing sandals in February, living in Canal Grove, he would need a down jacket, boots, and at least a beanie if I moved the story to somewhere in the Northeast. A character's whole demeanor changes from one climate to the next. Trust me, I live in Miami. I see my friends' faces when they FaceTime me from Chicago in February, and I'm chilling by the pool while they're shoveling snow from the driveways. There's a slight contempt in their gaze that I admittedly delight in. I digress. Back to Marcus Vega. My editor's suggesting I change the work I had planned around Canal Grove was an emotional gut punch. How Dare she question my vision? For the record, an editor's job is to suggest story changes. It is the job of the writer to accept or reject those suggestions. As it turns out, my editor's note was the turning point in how I saw my work moving forward. But it wouldn't have happened if I hadn't been flexible to the change. To be free to explore beyond the game plan allowed me to unleash the type of work I do today. I take pride in listening to the suggestions my editors have given me over the years. I don't always agree with them, but I always seriously consider them. Sometimes, like the case with ultimately moving Marcus's family to Springfield, Pennsylvania, instead of Canal Grove, Florida, the suggestion takes the story to a whole new level. <laughs>
Being flexible with your plans allows for possibilities otherwise unimagined. Flexibility allows us to adapt to changes in circumstances and think about problems and tasks in creative ways. When unexpected events occur, like, oh, say, a global pandemic, being flexible gives us the chance to change our stance, outlook, or commitment. Think about our own educational spaces. What did those look like two years ago? How do they look like now? What are measures we're taking for future flexibility? The world seems like it's off its axis these days. What can we do to stretch ourselves and find new ways to meet the shifts that seem to be occurring on an almost hourly basis? Not just in the classroom, but in our daily lives as well. We can direct our own personal development by understanding that just because something has always been a certain way doesn't mean there isn't space for some adjustments. It just takes practice and patience and remembering to breathe. One of my favorite forms of yoga practice is the vinyasa, a style of yoga where poses are strung together to form one fluid sequence of movement. Vinyasa means to move with your breath, stretching and flowing from one pose to another, being flexible to change as it comes, and then adapting to meet it is how we coordinate ourselves to flow from one pose to the next. It is the way we discover new and exciting possibilities to then share with eager eyes, ears, and minds. Voices Radio is produced in part by Elizabethtown College and me, Matt Skillen. The theme is written and produced by Wyatt Skillen. We hope you have enjoyed this episode. We will see you next time.